Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Rainbow Podcast. This week we celebrate another winning podcast, talk to Josh Nisbet and Sean, and look forward to at the game against Brisbane. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Peter. Winning pod, baby! How are you guys? Yeah, beer is woo! Lovely. <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, and hello to the Murray family. Yeah, shout out to Pete Murray and Karen Murray. Love your music, mate. <laughs> Peter, I believe this is our virgin pod together. This is our virgin. I've done, yeah. <laughs> Popping the cherry. I'm normally, normally, I'm normally, normally filling in for you, but yeah. today I'm sitting in uh, Aaron Morrow's seat. Yeah. yeah. He's, he, he's, he's at like a, like a... Boomer fest. Boomer's anonymous meeting or something. <laughs> or, I don't know what's going on. He was stuck at work in a meeting and he was stuck at Castle Hill because he couldn't get home. No, it's great to be here. It's great to be here with you, in, in particular. Exactly. Yeah, just, I love sharing <laughs> lads, with you. Lads, Off lads, the lads. Bench. Fred's question. With the way we have been playing, do you think we will get more wins this season than we did last? Yes. One can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> there was three last year. We're already, already two-thirds two of the way. way. Yeah, 66.6% so the of the way there. The potential is there, isn't the it, The potential Peter? is right there. No, it would be a really, really poor... Um, rest End of, of the, the season, season. If we didn't <laughs> 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 We've still got um, Wellington coming up Three times We've got Brisbane Coming up three times um, We've got Victory To face three times None of those teams Are performing anywhere Near the level they should be I'd love to be taking Especially on victory, victory Right about now To be honest But um, Why isn't Victory Away next week Damn it Yeah oh, Wouldn't that be nice Yeah Back yeah. to back Go Brisbane And then um, and Victory Away Get Kurtz the sack <laughs> oh, I, yeah. We are I, coach killers, this club. Exactly. <laughs> I think we will enter double figures for wins this season. Big That's shout. bold. I like it. That which is, is bold. Very, which is a very sad thing to be happy about, but here we are. <laughs> Small steps. Here we Small are. Small steps. Yeah. Our game. CCM 1, Western United 0. Yeah, Beerus. Woo! GG with the only goal of the game via deflection off Calver. Now, I didn't see this goal because I was collecting money. Can you guys <laughs> explain it so to me? So, it's sort of popped out. Um, they've, they've cleared the ball. Um, GG's sort of lined it up from about, what, 25 yards out and just placed it with his instep. Calver's flicked a lazy boot out at it as it's gone past him and it's um, sort of trickled off the post and in. Um, Love it. Oh, mate, yeah. Um, the uh, curl of the ball was perfect to hit the post and go in. <laughs> it was yeah. just perfectly placed from GG, really, at the end mm. of the day. I think uh, GG easy. <laughs> I, th- I think a lazy boot. For older types, it's good game. Good easy game, win. Yeah. Yes. I think a lazy boot is probably an understatement there. That was a horrible attempt at a clearance. It's Calver. the sort of thing you see in all age, like lower, yeah. <laughs> lower level all age from yeah. Calver there. So, um, yeah, no, great to get the points. Surprising that um, John Asperponometer still hasn't got a run at all down there. Maybe you should stay with us? <laughs> I think so. I think well, uh, yeah. it, what's going against him is that he's not 35. <laughs> he's not old enough. We yeah. do have an old squad. It needs to be 30 plus to get a start at Western United. They've got some quality there though, undoubtedly. They've got Just you know, D- Diamante, they've got Burisha and, and Scott McDonald's been fantastic for them this mm. year as well. Um, Diamante seems like one of those peak sort of banter players, that moment where there was you know a few of us at the back of the bay that... Screamed out, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. And, is and he laughed. And he loved it. He absolutely he loved, loved it. You have to look up that quote to understand why he would have laughed at that. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably messaged back. Surely a lot They're of our, a lot of our of listeners <laughs> would, know that, would know what we're talking about. It, it went pretty viral back uh, back when it happened. Yeah, he definitely messaged him on Twitter after and was like, I hey, reckon he did. <laughs> <laughs> They're making fun of you on a It's another GG. <laughs> I think we did pretty well. I think we did pretty well on Diamante. He's, he's a tough player to keep quiet. I think there was a couple of times where he provided a, a few chances, especially in the first half. Mm. 
But I think in the second half, he was decently quiet. Yeah, I mean, Kim obviously making his first start of the season there. He's done a good job to, to keep Diamante quite quiet there. They've clashed a few times on the pitch as well, as was pointed out to us. Ooh, um, yeah, the yeah. career, yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't think either of them would have been able to understand what the other was saying. <laughs> Definitely not. Just the kicks, Morse code on the back of the legs. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was a weird game because, like, in the first half, I thought, I thought we could have easily been two or three down, but mm-hmm. we could have easily been up as well. I was very much uh, on the fences. Somebody said to me in half time about what I thought of the game. It was, it was weird. It was, it felt like we were very much in the game, but we could have easily been out of it as well. Which, I think, when you when you look at that squad, and I thought before the season that which is Western United would maybe struggle a little bit more but I think when you look at that squad look at some of their results so far I think that result on the weekend for us no matter sort of what happened in the second half where we sort of had our back against the wall a little bit I think that's that's a top result for us I think the the surprising thing for me as well was the sort of sense of calm that I don't know if you guys felt it but I definitely felt it and I know that the people standing around me were feeling it as well that we had even after we went (laughs) 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 oh I saw you riddled with anxiety Mm. but um, that that we sort of felt when even after going one up and having our backs against the wall, there was a sense of, from everyone around me of, you know, we've got this. Mm. It was it was it was except for the bit when Stansness had the ball in the box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the team let him know oh, about that. Beerus yeah. and Simo Beerus absolutely Simo. let him know. But <laughs> no, yeah. e- e- even there, um, it was just that sense of calm that I haven't felt for a number of years mm. while we're while we're a goal to the good. We so. did start. Kicking it out, though, instead of playing it out. Mm. I would have preferred playing it out, but um, we went route one. I wish I had that calmness in me as well, because <laughs> I was I was shitting myself. Maybe it's I just a thing in, in hindsight, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I no, think I at the possibly. time I was probably, my no, heart rate's probably 137 calm. beats a minute. and mm. um, Yeah, but it's it's a sign, it's a, it's a really positive sign that our two wins this year have come from not necessarily playing our, our Best football by any stretch of the Grinding out results. But grinding out results, grinding out those one goal wins. And playing bad and winning is the sign of a decent Of team. a good side, yeah. yeah. Stadge has got us set up pretty well, I think. A lot better than we have in, in previous years. Well, but do you think the maybe your sense of calm, Peter, came from uh, Mr. Ziggy? In at centre back this week. I was just about to mention. I that. think having that old head. Well, he's not even really an old head, is he? He's the same age as me. He's the same age as me. I want to see a birth certificate. That's uh, not true. Yeah. But I guess having someone from that that had such high level experience playing next to Kai there as well. Um, maybe well, we signed him as a centre back. We signed him as a right back. Well, speaking speaking to Sean after the game, Sean said to us straight away, "Didn't think he'd, we'd be seeing him playing at centre back much because we signed him." Well, as a right when, back. We, when we announced him, everyone was like, "Oh, this is a centre back." Yeah, no, I, I was always under the impression we signed him as a right back. And God, is he better at centre back than he is at yeah. right back? Well, I remember seeing up at Cessnock, um, no, sorry, Maitland, mm. and I was like, "Why is he at right back?" Mm. He, we had Stens playing at. Um, oh, you mean at um, Western? No, Maitland. Oh, Maitland, sorry. F-A- yeah, I was, I was overseas, yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't watch the game. I was overseas. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, honestly thought we signed him as a centre-back. Yeah. Because that's what his profile said. So it's no surprise to me that he's fine at centre-back. Yeah. Mm. He was much better. He, yeah, he's better getting caught at, centre-back. at right back when he's pushing up and trying to put the ball in for the strikers. He's just getting caught out. Yeah, yeah, he's getting, yeah exactly right. That's up to the right centre-back to cover for him. And if that was Tongik uh, last week, then... Mm. What do we think of Lewis Miller? 
his first start at right back. I think I thought he did pretty well. Very good, very good. I thought I thought his little cameo um, last week was quite good, um, but I think he was he was even better on the weekend. I think he does you know the normal thing that young inexperienced guys do, where he will do a few things very good and then he'll do some things that are maybe not so good. But um, I think for the most part, for me and potentially a little bit of a bias because we've uh, watched him for so long, but I I think we've found our new starting right back for me. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think the back line that we played with on the weekend uh, is probably the back four that we should go forward with. Mm. I think um, you've got to stick with the team that got the finally got a clean sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only change, looking, looking through that whole team, the only change I would make is probably swap Stensness for Milan. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Straight. Yeah. Bring Milan straight back yeah, in. Stan, Stan's didn't have a good game. That was easily his worst game for us so far. Yeah. He's been. He's been surprising. He's been a surprising addition to the squad. Going. Excuse me. Going back to Lewis Miller. Um, sort of started a little bit low on confidence potentially, and and but really grew into game. Grew into the game as it went on. Um, punctuated by that lung-busting run, that marauding oh, yeah. run that he made the in the 66th minute. Yeah, he's just... Oh. Oh, the chop on... I think it was oh. pain when he was chopped inside. Yes. Oh. Well, the, and that's that's the type of run that I don't think you'll ever see Ziggy make. No. You're not going to see Ziggy knock the ball past Connor Payne and use his speed to get around him like Lewis Miller did. Or mm. I don't, I can't see Ziggy doing a chop like Lewis Miller did to no, get past no, a player in, in a million years. The only still... Sorry, the only thing yeah. bad thing about Ziggy being in the centre is him trying to play balls long. Mm. Oh, like but in saying that, he got his, one his, right though. His first, his first diagonal crossfield fifty-yard pass that he made found Tommy Orr beautifully, who went to Chip Curdo. Yeah, leave it, <laughs> just leave it at that. Yeah. I think maybe he's, he's sort of shine. You know what? Hollywood balls for the rest of the day are yeah. on here, lads. Yeah, but so he's been watching Swans Vibe videos. Aside from play that, play it to the DM. Yeah, let them do it. Yeah, but no, he he had a fantastic game. Other than that. Um, so solid. He's made. I think it was two goal saving tackles and one clearance off the times, line yeah. um, from that corner where we Ooh, had no yeah. one on the near post, and he's seen the danger before it even happened. And Great that, awareness again comes from that experience of playing at the top level. Top level. Oh, Scott's ball. <laughs> <laughs> top level in Scotland. <laughs> I reckon for me, I reckon Miller probably owned that battle against Payne. I thought Payne was okay, but I thought Miller got the best of him most of the time. Yeah, I've had a couple of mates that have been trying to call Connor during the week, but I don't think he's found his way out of Lewis's pocket yet. So, <laughs> what do we think of Kim in the midfield on his first start? Do you, was he impressive, or did you want to see more? He's done a job on Diamante. He and got I his think, elbows out, didn't he? I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think that might have been. What he was tasked to do at the start of the day, from Stage saying, "All right, this is you know, this, is your, this is your role." Yeah, exactly. Mark him out of the game, and it didn't really give Diamante too much of a of a sniff. It wasn't a pretty performance um, that a lot of people might have been hoping for, um, but he got the job done at the end of the day. I think it was a sort of performance that Stage sort of said we we're going to be. Like he said, he wanted a, he wanted the team to be set up in a way that would frustrate the opposition. And make sure that we played well and and got the job done. You know, not winning, not winning pretty sort of thing is what he was saying in in preseason, I believe. Do you know what I've liked seeing? A plan B, a plan C, <laughs> and a plan D. <laughs> well, speaking of plan A, B, C, D, we thought Matty Solomon was going to come on and go into bloody centre back, right didn't back. we? Yeah, <laughs> that's what we were thinking, but yeah, didn't happen. But no, I I thought I thought Kim did. I th- I thought he did enough on the weekend. I, I, I've seen a few other people say that, you know, he was outstanding or, you know, he was sort of very good. But I unless I didn't really notice him because he was that good, which is, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't really notice a player if they do have good, have a pretty good game, whereas Stensness didn't have a good game. And I think it 
definitely stood out with a few of the balls that he gave away. Some of his loose touches, some of his positioning was just a bit off. Mm. Um, but Kim does this weird thing. He he likes to direct the traffic, doesn't he? Mm. And apparently his English is very limited. So I'm wondering A lot of how, pointing. I mean, football's I mean, a universal I, language, mate. So. That's right. I mean, I'd say it as a bit of a joke, but I wonder really on the field how that's actually going. Like mm. when he's got the ball and he's yelling and screaming at everyone, are they... You know, I think fully the pointing understanding works. or th- are they? <laughs> I think that's the first thing the a lot of page? a lot of foreign players learn when they do move to another country with a with a language barrier is the the key points that they have to make on the yeah. pitch. So which I think good. he's got those down pat. Yeah, which um, is good because I think I think that that shows a bit of initiative on his part that you know he's sort of trying to take. Well, how many phrases do you need to know? Men on square. Mm. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> which he said that to your son when uh, you asked him for a photo. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, oh, that yes. was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'll I'll just do this now. So my son Tom, he's 15 months in a couple of days. It was his first game, and uh, I thought you know I'll get some photos of the players after the game. And uh, first participant round was uh, Orr, and he got a good photo with him. And then went through a number of players, and then we come up to Matt Simon. And uh, I don't know if he listens to this pod, my son, but um, <laughs> I don't know what happened. He just uh, he started freaking out for some reason. Um, but no, but Matt Simon, look, you know, I, I know we talk about him on this pod in you know not the most endearing of terms, but um, off the field, he's such a genuine guy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he is so good with kids mm. and I think that's what I noticed for sure is that yeah. he, he said hello straight away like how are you what's going on sort of thing like he he, yeah. he, he look he cares and that's He's, that's a great thing yeah. for fans to know top guy when when you've got community stuff it's yeah he, he gets my vote on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but one funny thing is when because I was facing the camera and Tom was next to me and then the players were on the side of him I didn't know but Tom was reaching out with his hand blindly and just feeling the player's chins. <laughs> and he started playing with Kim's beard. And then he grabbed Clisby's mouth <laughs> and pulled it down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think they appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, that's good value. That was just fantastic. giving him a little chin rub. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. None of the players probably listen to this pod. But if they do, then uh, thank you for taking the time to get uh, photos. It's yeah. a lot easier to come around after a win than yeah, a loss. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> What do we think of Nisbet when he come on? Is he was good, good, yeah, so good. did his job, so good, especially under pressure. The first five passes, I think, they kept giving yeah. it to him. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, Every get a touch time. of the game, get it was a feel like of the game, get into completed it. passes five yeah. from five. I'm like, yep, yeah, keep him on. No, yeah. it's just the the first sort of five passes that came to him were you know simple little control. Turn, you know, find another the player. The basics, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly he nailed right. every single one too. Like, yeah, exactly. He's got such a good. He's got a <coughs> such a good touch under pressure. Oh yeah. And great because feet. his turning circle is so small too, he can easily get out of a tight space when mm. you know he's got almost no time. And I thought under pressure, you know, one nil up at home, backs against the wall before he come on. Um, I thought he was very good. And there was there was a few times defensively when he made some really important interceptions, yep. really important uh, positioning. So you know, I. I you know, he's he's making a case and giving Stadge a lot of headaches. He's definitely made his way up the pecking order so far this season as well. You've seen him in the squad. He's in front of McGlinchey, of, isn't he? He's ahead of McGlinchey. He's ahead of um, Melling. Yeah. Um, and oh, look, I think that's just about it. But he was, you know, behind them at the start of the season. Mm. Um, so hopefully, you know, we, we see him keep growing over the next few years. 
and and you know really developing into a, a starting A League holding midfielder. Do you reckon we were lucky to get away with a win here? The having a look at the statistics straight after the game, I had a look and saw uh, Western had twenty three shots to eight and six to three shots on target. So I think we can give a big kudos to Beerus who made a couple of great saves. I reckon we should definitely mention Beerus who I reckon that was probably his best game for us so far. Diamante yeah, had so. as many shots himself almost as what we did. That's what we as did a in total. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think it was just a case it was our night. I agree with they that. weren't on target. So, mm. we, you know, it, we really could have lost that 3 1. They had mm. a lot of chances, but they just couldn't put it away, you know. I reckon a little bit of luck went our way for sure, but I think we we defended oh, yeah, I think pretty well. A lot of luck went our way. Yeah. So, we've mm. had two two potential. Ugh. I'll start that again. Two potential penalty shouts sort of waved away. Um, so the oh first yeah. one, Ziggy Gordon. That wasn't a handball. I don't think that's a handball. So his arm's not in necessarily an unnatural position. It's behind him. He hasn't moved towards the ball. He wasn't even looking at it. He's so not even looking at no. it. Exactly. The ball's behind him. So um, I think VAR's done its job there. Um, the second one against GG, however. I thought that was going to be given. 100%. I, th- I think that's a pen. The fact that it's... I, I thought it was odd that they never called... Um, I can't remember the rest name now. Uh, was it Alex Keane? Yeah, yes. I can't. I don't know why they didn't call him over. Look at it, because they but were. The one, no, one. it was the one that hit him here. Mm. His, so his arm's right next to his body, but he's nah. moved his arm towards it. I don't think that was handball. Yeah. No, because the silhouette of his body was. I think the Ziggy the arm one was in line with the body. The, the Ziggy, Ziggy one, one was, was more, more of a shout. Yeah. yeah. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. All right. I I'm thought. Out. See you, boys. I'm out. <laughs> I'm sure it's a hit. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're the Moro position today, so you need to be contradictory to all In the of Moro us. role, yeah. yeah. Look, I had a had horrible potential feeling. for a handball. I had a horrible feeling oh. they were going to give that Ziggy one. I thought straight away they're going to f- they're going to bloody give this. So yeah. Eight minutes to go. The but then when they thing. didn't, I was like, wow, okay. We're winning this. Yeah, that was that was it. the moment where I thought, okay, we might sneak this one. The longer you wait, as soon as those reviews are called, the longer you the wait, longer the longer goes. Yeah. That's what I thought though was so sort of weird about it because they spoke about it. For a long time, like mm. play was stopped for maybe close to a minute while they were speaking about it, but he never called him over to look at it. Mm. Mm. So, well, unless so the VARs obviously said no, there's there's no case here, so play on. Um, something I think we spoke about the other week was unless the VAR actually says um, there's a decent case for you to overturn your decision, you need to go and look. They won't call him over. Yeah. Um, so the VAR's done the right thing and said, oh no, there's no case there. The ball he hasn't played at the ball or anything like that for once. On. Yep. And it's not just because it's against us. It's yeah. It's just the right decision for a change. Mm. We saw the VAR used well in the Western Sydney game as well, which we'll come to a bit later, I guess. Probably. Right. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Listeners, you happy? I hope so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Y-League, we had an entertaining 3 all draw against uh, Sydney FC. We led 2-1 via brace from Alu Cool. Uh, but two penalties for Sydney converted by <coughs> Marco Tillo made it 3-2. Chabelle missed a penalty in the 89th minute, but we got another one in the 92nd, which Roberts converted. Very exciting game. Absolutely. Um, this game was whack. Oh, mate, it was, wasn't it? And it should have it should have probably, by all rights, finished 4-3 because Smiley got hacked down again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, with about 30 seconds to go, and uh, the ref didn't give it. And there was a few people there, uh, including um, uh, one Gary Van Egmond, um, who was very surprised? Was he there? Yeah, yeah, right. very surprised. I don't know what's going on given. with the with the youth league at the moment, but I think the game later on that day, Brisbane and I think it was it was six, six all. all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going 
Brisbane there? Br- Brisbane and Melbourne City, I think it was. What is happening? No, it was uh, Melbourne City and Perth, I think it was. Oh, whoever it was. It was six all. There's a lot of goals being scored at the moment, which I guess is good, but is not good for the future of Australian And then last week, I think Sydney beat the scum 3-8-3 or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was it plenty was, of goals in youth league. I mean, we we went down reasonably early, so and then we ended up going at, at half time two one up. So, a mm. um, couple of good finishes. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, yeah, Alu Kowal has come from Golden Valley Suns in NPL Victoria, two. MPL two. So, um, I, I thought his general play wasn't anything special, but he popped up where he needed to to score mm. a couple of goals. So, uh, which is very important. So the the, the player that I was obviously interested in watching was John Roberts. Mm. Um, had a brilliant touch to set up the first goal, I'm pretty sure it was. Mr. Uh, Sitter. For the ball to Mario. Mr. Sitter inside the six-yard box somehow did a half volley into the ground and off hit the it. Cross hit it sounds like a Mariners player. <laughs> Sorry, <man. laughs> um, so, I mean, he's, you know, he, he besides that one touch and one or two other sort of little good things, he didn't really stand out to me, which is disappointing, I guess. But, I mean, it's one game. I didn't watch the game last week in Canberra, obviously, so... Um, you know, but decent off. start though, a win yeah, and a draw. Start that's off. Right. So, um, yeah, there was you know some really good performances. Aiden Munford, great uh, to see him back. Made a couple of great saves. Mm. I mean, I think he said he trained say four days, four days last week, and, and then, then they've said, yep, you're straight in, this straight week. into the side, yeah. straight back from surgery. On he his had a wrist. wrist injury. Yeah, broken scaphoid. So has a very strong hand, which we found out after the game <laughs> when he gave us a high five. Very strong. Gee whiz, hand. yeah, I'm still <laughs> recovering. I think he broke my scaphoid. Yes, um, Tyson's I mean, Tyson's hand was is still stinging. And I mean, I, I guess speaking of sort of first team plays, which I guess you know you obviously want to watch the young guys as well, but you want to, I think, to me, if you have got first team guys down in the youth side, which John Roberts sort of is, and obviously Mario Shabao definitely is. Mario didn't stand out to me again. Mm. I mean, I think he's someone that maybe maybe even come January we might see go Look because he's on. just mm. that far down the pecking order um, and not standing out to me at the moment and he missed the penalty in the 89th minute or whatever it was um, saved by the Sydney keeper which was sort of a bit of a pressure moment and he didn't Was it as through, bad so. as that walking penalty in Brazil? Oh, that was no, but I did see that. No, did he miss that? I didn't see. He that. missed yeah, it. He, yeah. he, well he sent it wide. Yeah. That's so Shabao, Shabao actually hit the target, but it was it was very very close to the keeper, and it had very easy for the keeper. It was easy for the keeper. It was not a not a nice pen. Yeah, and I mean, and to be fair to John Roberts, he did step up in the ninety second or whatever it. and mm. scored the scored Equalizer. the obviously important one uh, to get us the point. So credit to him for that so it'll be interesting to see how John Roberts develops over the huge uh, eight game youth season <laughs> yeah next God week uh, we're in Marconi against West Sydney Wanderers on Saturday morning I, I just go, might go see him out oh wait no we can't no we'll, we'll be in prison yeah one I wanted um, to go and see Paolo one player oh <laughs> yes you're still talking shit about me on Twitter Josh talking shit us about us again um, one player that really Doesn't stood out for like me, me actually just going back to the game on Saturday morning was Dan Hall who has been appointed mm. as the NYL captain this year playing out of centre back um, he was one that um, myself and a couple of others um, identified potentially as, as a future really really good player um, I think maybe last season or the season before whenever it was he first came in um, he was playing a bit wider back then as a, as a left or right back, but he's moved into the centre and he was fantastic on Saturday morning, I thought. Yeah, he was very good. I think another one was uh, Max Ballard in the midfield as well. Yeah. Um, both of them have obviously come from the MPL as well, playing with the academy. So mm. um, I think, yeah, there's there's quite a fair bit of 
talent in that side. I think someone as well, like a Matthew Hatch, is a very oh, Hatchy, is a yeah. very Lewis Miller type sort of a player. He is, yeah. Very yeah. quick, mm-hmm. loves to beat his man. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've got that type of player in the academy, which is is good. And there was um, is it Brandon Trap? Um, it was playing Bradley, left back, Bradley, Bradley Trap, Trapp, I believe. Yeah, he was. I understand one of the ones that was being looked at by uh, Van Egmon for the uh, young Socceroos. Oh, that's why he was there. So that's why he was there. So he was there for Ryan Teague, um, Bradley Trap. He played one of our preseason games, didn't he? You know, thought he did. Mm. I don't remember him. No, I don't think. I think it was someone with a similar name who was a trialist. Okay, that must have been it. Yeah. Just going um, back to our to our game. Sorry to cut you off, Luke. Just quickly, we didn't mention it, but we should. The uh, hilarious Barisha subbed <laughs> off <laughs> moment. There was so many great we moments. We definitely should mention oh. that and how funny that was. That was an all-time classic reaction to getting subbed off, hey? Oh, mate. What I was funnier, that or Rudin having to run down the tunnel to go to the toilet? <laughs> both. I think, I think both were as funny as each other. Uh, I didn't see I didn't see that until I got home. Yeah. And then, um, actually, no, it was during the highlights um, that we were watching at the club after the game. Mm. And um, there were a couple of people who were actually able to confirm to us that yes he did have to run off for an urgent toilet break when you gotta go you gotta go <laughs> don't you? Um, no, I, was, I was just gonna say about youth I was just gonna say credit to Monty he's got the boys playing yeah. some right football yeah no it's looking good positive signs rest of the round Wanderers 2 City 3 oofed McLaren is in insane form red hot really red glad hot really form. glad I didn't send that uh, tweet that I spoke about last week <laughs> <laughs> really glad my yeah. tips I missed uh, I missed a few games and I thought oh, I'd tip the rest and I got none. So <laughs> <laughs> McLaren did me in on that one because I had I had a draw on Wanderers City. I do seem to remember mm-hmm. that I did. Tip, so did I. I yeah. tipped yeah. last week a high scoring draw and I nearly had it and bloody McLaren ruined it. Yeah. But what do you think of the game? I think it was it was an okay game. I think Wanderers were pretty decent. City, you know, just have that McLaren factor now. You know, he's what nine goals in five games. Yeah, so I mean, City sort of dominated um, big periods of the first half in that one. I thought, um, but only they didn't really have any sort of real penetration. They only had, I think, one shot on target in the whole first half. Um, obviously, and that was the goal. Was it? Hmm? No, I thought they went in. I thought Western City might have gone in one nil up at halftime. I could be wrong, um, but. Yeah, Kwame Yaboa obviously getting Western Sydney off the mark. It was originally given offside, um, but VAR overturned that that's quite quickly. When VAR, that's where VAR needs to be used. The other VAR incident in that game was the penalty shout, um, which Barbel... I don't think Barbel agreed with it, um, just from the, <laughs> no. some of the comments that I've heard during no. the week. The person who asked him that question... So Dropping two F-bombs in the yeah. press <laughs> So he answered the question, Yeah, what he thought, and he gave an answer. Yeah. And then there was a Sydney fan doing media... Who then asked Pressed him, so on. did you think it was a pen? <laughs> and he goes, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> have, you got t- have you got two fucking oh, for eyes? for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that was um, play on. He'll, he'll get sanctioned for that, but worth it. Um, what about, what about uh, Daniel Georgievsky on, uh, on Instagram yeah. after the game, writing disgrace on a photo with him and the ref in the same photo? It was that Chris, Chris Beath was the ref yeah. in that one, I think. That'll, that could get him in some strife. So the VAR side of things for that penalty... On first viewing, I didn't actually think it was a penalty in real time. But watching the penalty on replay with VAR, I didn't think there was enough there to overturn it. So I think VAR's done done its job twice in that game. Uh, the only two times it was really called upon. Yeah, when I saw it, I, I thought first replay, I thought, oh, that's a penny. He's got a handful of his 
shirt mm. when he's trying to go for the ball. And it didn't I mean, look like there was much in it though. No, but I mean, you just you just don't run that risk, do you? In yeah, the box. exactly. You yeah. just don't do it, and then you won't get the pen potentially given against you. And everybody knows that VAR is there now. Everyone knows that mm. they're going to be able to see it, even though the ref gave it in real time. But you know, everyone knows that they're going to look at it, and it was still deemed to be worthy of a pen. So it's fifty-fifty sometimes whether they get it right or not. But I thought it was a pen. Wellington 2, Brisbane 1. First win of the season. Phoenix, Phoenix. off the mark. Yep. Um, Which was bad for us at the time. Had me worried. I was going to say. Had me worried before our game. Yeah. Uh, never we were, in doubt, lads. Never in doubt. We were nearly uh, back where we belong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, good to see the Knicks get a win there. I've got a soft spot for them. Um, but... Yeah, two real strugglers this season. I think they're going to be sort of the the cellar dwellers. Hopefully, the um, the whipping boys of the comp this year. That's um, that's nice to say that it's not us, isn't it? Mm. I was watching Brisbane a bit closer because we play them next week, and you know I was going to be there, so I wanted to make sure that you know I could yell something. So we get definitely get to yell at Roy for the game for the whole game, and I don't know. I don't I, th- I don't really rate either of these teams at all, to be <sighs> honest, and I. I will say that I think we're better than both of them, which is which is you know which we're above Peach them on the said, table. It's so. good. <laughs> it's good to say that there's teams that are definitely worse than us. So I don't know. I'm you know I'll, we'll talk about it later with our game, but I'm quietly confident in getting something up there because Brisbane uh, are not impressive in the slightest for, to, for me. Yeah, we've spoken about it a couple of weeks ago as well. They just the style of football that Fowler's got them playing is is very sort of reminiscent of that lower league sort of league two. Um, mm. Pumping a lot of long balls forward, um, you know they do try. They, they, to be fair, they start the game out trying to play the ball on the deck, um, but it seems like they sort of panic and just hoof it forward when things start. So stop what we need way. is Birgitti to do a, a sweeper keeper this <laughs> week. Yeah, Fowler would well, be under a lot of pressure if they didn't win that crazy game against City because they wouldn't have any wins on the board if they didn't win that game. So I think Fowler, if if he loses to us, which obviously we want to happen, I think he might be under a bit of pressure as much as Kerr's yeah. maybe. I think he's going to be under pressure regardless because we know how volatile the board is up at up at Brisbane. Um, they're pretty quick to make decisions, and they were expecting big things from him. He spent he spent good money this year mm. so but Roy's on expecting results. What, do you, what do we think Roy's on from what we heard like 300 ish it's, if, if it's not plus more? it's plus 300 because like, if if what we were told about what he was on at Newcastle is correct which is double what we offered him mm. um then that's around the sort of 270 mark so yeah. he's got to be on 300 plus at that's Brisbane insane that's <laughs> ridiculous overs Adelaide three Melbourne one. Oh, Adelaide were really impressive. Adelaide were really good, but on the other sorry, hand, let me, let me rephrase sucked. this. Adelaide three, Toivonen one. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Toivonen? Mm. Yeah, um, Adelaide look look the goods this year, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it puts. A, I mean, obviously, victory are not great, but it puts our result into a bit more perspective. I think how comfortable they did that. Mm-hmm. Both our results. Uh, what? You got Melbourne, City, and Adelaide, mm-hmm. uh, one yeah. and three on the table. Mm-hmm. I think City and Adelaide have both got their coaches right. With you know, yeah. what's his name, Verbeek and Mombart, both quality, you know, coaches from overseas got their teams playing some good stuff and mm. victory. You know, like Pete just said, without Toivonen, victory would be absolutely screwed because he's, he's been involved in every yeah. single victory goal this season, whether scoring or assist. I mean, look at those stats. So victory have only had five shots into a game against Adelaide's. 23. Wow. <laughs> that is total domination. Victory um, victory in 10th. What a time to be alive. And uh, how funny is this? Someone mentioned it on the weekend, or I think I saw it somewhere, that 
Newcastle and Victory are on the same amount of points. Newcastle's played two less games because they've really? had, they've had, had two, two buys. buys. Newcastle's, Newcastle's <laughs> had the two buys already, which massive shout out to A-League fixturing. But <laughs> Melbourne have played full seven games and are on the same amount of points. So Newcastle could you know, go and pick up three points or go and get the points when Victory had their buys and then all of a sudden they're miles away from them and Victory even worse. Mm-hmm. So And Wellington's had a buy as well. Mm. And they're below Victory. Mm. So Victory... Are, I mean, they're in trouble. It looks they're bad. It looks bad when you look at the table, but then when you factor in the buys, it's even worse. They're in. They're okay. In well, let's say the Jets trouble. win and draw one. That puts them on nine points, which is just above us. So it's Wellington uh, victory. Brisbane is your bottom three. Something that mm. I noticed about the table also is that um, City have conceded eleven goals, the same as Victory. But look at the difference in the positions. Whereas we've conceded ten, so we've got two teams. Completely different fortunes that have both conceded more goals than us, which I find pretty interesting. Yeah, but in saying that, Melbourne City have scored double the amount of goals, more than double the amount exactly. of goals than Melbourne yeah. Victory have. So, yeah, it's well, I think um, that, I think real that, problems all over the park for them. Yeah, I think that probably shows the City that McLaren has a good support crew, whereas obviously Toivonen has got a whole bunch of <laughs> dud yeah. rejects. Brown. Toivonen's trying to do it all by and himself. And he's like, I can't do everything. What yeah. are you doing? McLaren scoring at least two goals every game so far this season yeah. that he's played in. So it, was, uh, Jesus, a, a new, it was a new A-League record for McLaren. I think it was um, four games in a row scoring two or more goals, which is an right. A-League record. Need to injure him when he plays against us. <laughs> right, Perth won... Sydney, three. Game was kind of a disappointing way to round out Saturday night. It was... Well, the first half, I guess, wasn't... Perth usually is. It was a bit lacklustre. Yeah, it's um, that late Saturday night game yeah. is usually Where you're, you know, not the you're sort of hanging on going, oh, hurry up, Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> They're um, struggling, though, Perth, aren't they? They're really, compared to last season, mm. really not picked up where they left Oh, off. again, they're outside the six. Yeah. Um, I, I know we're saying fit. that only seven rounds into the season, but yeah, I agree Just with you, Just call it Jimmy. now and make the final. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've already told you we're winning it yeah. from six this year. 100% <laughs> nailed on. Get yeah, your bets um, on now. Bet 365. As I've been saying, I know I keep going on about this, but they, they're not fit. They're slow, mm. just like Western United were. And that's, I think, why the difference why we beat them. Mm. Rowley scored a quality goal for them and then had, a, had another quality goal disallowed. For yeah, offside. now that that one, I think Fornaroli and Wilco have connected with that at the same time. Wilco's played at it. Um, and possibly a little bit harsh for that to be given offside. I'd agree with that. Um, again, look, this, it's a game that doesn't really tell the tale of the tape, though, because you look at the stats in that, I think Perth had something like 17 shots um, across the whole game, whereas Sydney only had five. Um, Sydney just so clinical. That's just yeah, the cl- exactly clinical, right. exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, um, yeah, it came to life a little bit more in the second half. Um, Sydney expected them to win. That, but Sydney's in a, a, a weird spot at the moment. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like they don't. They're not making any noise. They just keep picking up. <laughs> going through points. the motions. It's not. It's nothing. It's not necessarily going through the motions. They're just quietly going about their business. It's, yeah, it's nothing. Not, like outstanding. It's not like they're. I don't. I don't watch them in the same way I watch Melbourne City and go, "Geez, here is City mm-hmm. knocking the ball around really well, really smoothly." Same as Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Really fluent. Um, is it because we know, sort of expect Sydney now just to be there because they've been I think really it might consistent? Be. I think it might be. It's like they just, I'm, I mean, they, they're they a good side and obviously have good players like Nikovic's and that. And, mm-hmm. But they just seem to be, stumbling's not the right word, but they're sort of just going to games with, and they just end up having three points without having a, I don't know if it's, they're not really getting out of first gear or they're just, 
I don't know, they just... Just going about their business. Going about their business, and I think at the end of the season, you'll still see them up there. Yeah, I think the way the top three is at the moment, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it finishes. Maybe in a slightly different Mm -hmm. order, but Mm -hmm. um, I think, um, yeah, Melbourne Melbourne City and Adelaide, for me, are the top two this year. I'd agree with that. A good stat, we don't have anyone in the top... uh, What's that? Top four red cards, and top seven yellow cards. I think our top... Yellow card earner is actually Beerus. Beerus, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with, with two, and that's somewhere around 16th place or something, I think, is I that, read earlier today. Was that both for, for time-wasting in both wins? Uh, one was definitely for time-wasting. That was obviously on, on Sunday. Sunday. Um, was was one, one for the sneaky elbow? I don't think he got pulled up for the sneaky elbow. No. I think I think he probably I think both should have. Time-wasting. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was time the time-wasting in Perth as well, maybe. I think. Possibly. Hmm. Yeah, but, but the Beer one the other day, I don't know, he must have thought it was a foul. Which is why he put the ball in the wrong spot. Yeah, he threw the ball out yeah. of the six-yard box. And Alex King's going, no, mate, it's a goal kicker. It's a goal kicker. Here's a card. That's, um, I know, harsh, it's a bit unfair. Like, you should have <laughs> just waved, no, back. It was out. Yeah, and I don't think he'd been warned before that. I hadn't seen him be warned and he was playing right in front of us. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit harsh from Kingy there. But, um, yeah, stock standard, you kind of expect that being a Mariners fan these days. Yeah. Right. Uh, other things, away day buses for Sydney on round 10. You can get them. Just go to the club website. Uh, let's have a look. The party bus adult travel only is 25. Um, party bus adult and active ticket is 20, uh, 47. And the platinum bay is 60. Premium coach is travel only 45. Premium coach, including a ticket, is 72. And a platinum away bay is 85. Yeah, just buy a bus ticket, get on board, get, get down, down there. Yeah, we'll. Um, it's going to be a big day out, actually, that one. I'm looking forward to it. It's only a couple of weeks away as well, lads. Get around mm. it. Sydney away is always the best time of season. Oh, yeah, it's good fun, eh? Especially Jubilee now. Yeah, Jubilee's a decent stadium to watch football at, too. Yeah, I, I mean, like the atmosphere of Leichhardt. Yeah, I was about to say, mm. I think I kind of prefer Leichhardt. Um, bit closer to the city. A little bit easier <laughs> to access, yeah. But um, Have we been to Jubilee? Yeah, 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 we had one at each stadium last year. I think we went to Jubilee for the day after that the we cricket. went to the was cricket. Was Jubilee after the cricket? Yes, yes. the okay. pink test. Yeah, that's, was that's, that's why I can't day. remember. <laughs> 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 that was a big day. Um, RFS donations, so Yellow Army, Ladies League and the OSC were collecting money for the RFS on the weekend. Um on around the, the uh, eastern stands and um, I'll tell you what, it was a bit emotional sometimes just seeing how much so many people gave. Mm. Um, I was, you know, overwhelmed at some uh, some bays there, just how much they gave. Yeah, so. incredible the, the generosity of, of people in times like this. Um, I went around Bay Road pre-game and people pulling, you know, 10, 20 and $50 notes yeah. out and, and just dropping them in the bucket. Um, Bay Road, shout out to them, actually donated all of their tips for the day as well into the bucket. So, um, yeah, mate, it's... Um, Do we know how much? Waiting on a final we, figure from the club this week. Carly. Yeah. <laughs> Carly, we won that figure. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out soon. And uh, walking around, um, a few people, I don't know, recognised my voice or whatever, but they said, um, good job on the pod. So thank you for those comments. They're always more than welcome. And it's always great to um, meet a fan, even if, even if it's only for a few seconds. Yeah, I need all the self-esteem boosts I can get. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I get paid in compliments. So It gets me up in the morning. <laughs> right. We've got no more other things to talk about. 
I haven't really talked about Popper being under pressure. Let's talk about how drunk we're going to mm. get at Brisbane this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. What time's everyone flying in? Me? Late. Damn it. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, so probably... what? Well, it's 4 o'clock kickoff on Saturday, Brisbane time. Mm. Uh, so Caxton Street from like 11. <laughs> You're starting late. 10.30. <laughs> the, the if, you're, if you're going up to Brisbane, there's a few others going. So We'll uh, do a post and we'll... If you, yeah, let, if us you're know, let us know who's going. Let, let us know if you're going. Yeah, we'll shout us out in the comments. Yeah. Um, the rule is, Boise, is 2 before 10 or 10 before 2. And if you have 2 before 10, you're well on your way for 10 before 2 anyway. So If I do 10 before 2, I'll be having a strategic vomit about half an hour before <laughs> Hashtag pukey lukey. The Coast Pukey-lukey. Football Rainbow podcast did not condone getting absolutely blind. <laughs> please drink, drink responsibly. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> Shout out to Ian who got us a couple of tickets too. Yeah, thanks yeah. Ian Shand. E-I-E-I-E-I-N. E-I-E-I-N. Yes. All right, well, here's the uh, interview with Niz and then we'll uh, chat to Sean. Right, we're joined by Joshua Nisbet. How are you? Not too bad. How are you, boys? We're good. We're good. Good, good. First question. Sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? Uh, the fridge. The oh, fridge? Good definitely. man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. These guys here just don't correct. know. <laughs> Not uh, your anymore. childhood footballing idols? Um, probably Barcelona trio, Messi... Javi, Iniesta, probably. That's a good question. Yeah, probably those three. Yeah. Yeah, they, they lit it up, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they were very good. Yeah, not bad. Uh, so it was obviously great to get our second win on the weekend. Uh, how was the vibe in the dressing room after the match? And was Stadge pretty pleased with the performance? And was there anything that he sort of wasn't pleased with? Um, yeah, so all the boys were extremely happy, especially how we hold on to the, the lead during a tight period. Um, Stadge hasn't spoken too much yet, but I'm sure he's pleased. It's regardless of how you perform, as long as you get the win, that's sort of what matters. So everyone was happy, and I'm sure the staff were happy too. So you got to play some uh, play some minutes at the back end of the game, and you made a couple of key interceptions. What were Stadge's instructions to you before you came on? Was it sort of to sit deep and you know clear anything that came towards you? Yeah. So he mainly he mainly said that uh, your defensive duties are priority. So Instead of trying to burst forward and maybe get another one, it was just mainly sitting back and making sure I was in the right positions to intercept or tackle and do my part for the team to make sure you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know you've um, you've obviously got a bit of history at the club. You came along with um, with Ben Khan. You've been around the um, the NRL side and the academy side for a couple of years. Um, a lot of us who go to the NPL games have, have sort of picked you out, I guess, as a, as a good player with with a fair bit of potential. When did you really think that you were um, a bit of a chance of making it into the A-League side? So, yeah, playing in the MPL, it was a, playing against the men, it was a good uh, way to improve and get used to playing at that physical level. Um, I think probably I was in the... I was, my name was getting thrown around during the Ocon period, but I don't think I really thought of the, uh, stepping up until Mulvey and I think Ken Chambry and William at the time they were the coaches and they suggested a few names to be given an opportunity to be looked at at the next level so it was, that was along with Pete Karras and a couple of others 
So, yeah, when I got the opportunity, it was mainly about making sure I knew I belonged there and trying to do as well as I could in training. What's been the main difference between MPL2 and the A-League? Because obviously there's quite a big jump, and with the academy not in uh, sort of the top tier of the MPL, there's even a bigger jump. And I guess guys like you, uh, and now we're starting to see Lewis Miller as well, uh, the guys that have seemed to be able to make the jump when in the past there's maybe there's maybe been some that sort of haven't really been able to. Do you put down? Do you put that down to anything sort of in particular with yourself about why you've been able to make that? Um, I think that the integration of young players into the first team has been a, a lot stronger and well structured of recent times. But you see a fair few of the, the youth boys coming up training with us pretty regularly, so. I'm sure that it's building a culture and a, a a comfortable platform where the players are more than willing to do what they uh, do what they're good at and be confident in what they do when they step up. So, yeah, I do I do think there's a a fairly big step, but a lot of the a lot of the senior boys in the team are willing and try and help the young boys, so it's it makes it a bit easier. Because you were training with the first team squad while you were in the MPL two side, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, that was quite a I, not quite sure how long, but there was a period where I was just training full-time but playing in the youth team. Are they trying to keep the same play style and positions for you between the two as you're coming through to make it easier? Uh, yeah, so when I when I was uh, slowly coming through, the coaches made sure that yeah, each, each the youth team in the A-League knew what the best position was for me and that if I was to play in the A-League where I'd be playing and if I was to go to the Youth League, I'd be playing in the same position to make sure that the transition was fluent and that I knew what role and what the objective the coach wanted for me. And that made it a lot easier to transition. Sorry, Vivian, I cut you off there, did um, I guess from the, from the teams in general as well, between the A-League and the NYL side, is there um, a real sort of similarity in the way that the coaches set up and their instructions for, for the games there? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Monty's trying to going along the guidelines and structures of stage, and you can like the boys are undefeated at the minute, so we're quite everyone's quite pleased for that. But um, in the NPL, it's a bit difficult to continue to play the way the A League clubs would like you to play. So sometimes you do have to go off a bit off the tracks to make play sure to win. Yeah, exactly, and that's sometimes a bit difficult to do depending on games and the NPL. Speaking of training, how has it differed from previous seasons with different coaches? We've heard that Stadge has been pushing you guys hard. Yeah, yeah. So I come halfway through the through last season and so far this season, I, I can easily say that the, the fitness regime and, and making sure they were up to the level of running and stuff has definitely been a lot higher than previous. About... Yeah, we, we're out in the park a little bit longer. We're doing sessions a little bit harder. And we're at mainly centre of excellence a lot more often. And that's, I think, why we've done better than we have done last season already. So we've got Brisbane away on Saturday afternoon with a chance to make a back-to-back wins, which is you know, something that we haven't had for a little bit. But um, what's something that we need to improve upon to make sure we can get another three points north of the border? There's a, uh, there was a bit of a worrying stat, which we haven't beaten them in the past 15 lead games, and that's definitely something we need to change. Yeah, so I think that... Um, we, I thought that when we sort of got 1-0 up against Western, we sort of 
almost gave them a bit too much respect and sort of gave them the opportunity to sort of come back in the game and get the get the equaliser. So I think maybe instead of if we do go up, if we do take the lead, I think that's also a time to sort of put put the foot to the throat sort of thing and not give them an opportunity to have a chance in the game and that we see like the game early on rather than still holding on to the 90th minute. What was it like to play against a guy like Alessandro Diamante? Was he someone that you guys looked at in the previous week as someone that you obviously need to uh, keep quiet because he did have a pretty good game in the end anyway? Yeah, yeah. So it was notified early in the week that he was a key player and that his class is very, very good and that he could do a lot of things. So we, our, our main objective was just to keep him as quiet as we could and Though we tried that, it was at times where his class just sort of outshone a little bit. But yeah, it was it was definitely an attempt to get, keep him out of the game, and I think we we did that for most of the part, other than some very good moments by himself. Who did you focus more on, him or Barisha? Um, well, we we sort of we sort of believed that the Barisha wouldn't get fed if Diamante was sort of quieting down a little bit. So it was mainly stopping the source from Diamante. When you come across players like that, do you try and do you just stay quiet and do your job, or do you, you know, someone like Barisha, do you get in his ear and talk to him and, you know, <laughs> get him a bit rolled up? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. For for me, I definitely just sort of keep quiet. I'm not going to try and stir him up because I'm not sure what he could do. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure for maybe for some of the senior players and the players who've been around for a bit longer, they they know they know what they can get away with and what they can say and stuff like that. So I'm sure. I'm sure they would say some stuff in his ear to get him. Who's the biggest talker in the fighter. in the squad? As in, like, yeah, trash talker, yeah. Um, to be fair, none of the boys are are really that into people's ears and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I don't actually know to be honest. But taking the political way yeah. out now. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's obviously pretty well publicised. It's uh, when you signed a contract with the club at the back end of last season. As story was that you were working at Woolies at the time. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that and, and how you were feeling when you found out and got that phone call? Uh, yeah, so obviously I, I played the uh, the night before the, against Newcastle and I thought I did relatively well. And then on my way to work, uh, got the phone call from Mulvey. But at the time, I didn't. I don't think I had his number saved, so I ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you deleted and it then, since? <laughs> no, I've, I've kept it. And then, um, Got her on block. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, a couple of hours later, I got another phone call and said it was the same number, so I picked it up. I asked my boss if I could pick it up, and that's when he told me the news. So, yeah, I was over the moon. Like It's, it's what every kid really wants, is a professional footballer. So it was just a coincidence I was at working at Woolworths, mid-filling the shelves when it happened. But it, yeah, it was a it was a great feeling, and it's obviously a feeling of I want to happen again where signing another contract. Yeah. Okay, I've got a couple of fan questions here. The first one comes from a fan called Ben Khan. He asks, "Who is your favourite coach, and why is it Ben Khan?" <laughs> um, did, he, did he actually send that? Sort. He approved this message. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 
yeah, Benny Khan was Benny Khan was the first coach I sort of opened my eyes to and said like he's a bit he's better than everyone else I've sort of had. So at, he had me at a young age in Queensland. He yeah, and he he took me under his wing a lot. And while while training at the club we're at, he also helped me outside of the, just the, the the local club and doing extras by ourselves and stuff like that. So then when he got the opportunity in the youth team here, he he then once again put me under his wing and told me to come down and give it my best try here at the Central Coast. And started in the 18th and told me that as long as I'm patient and work hard, that it will come as long as you perform. So, yeah, that's... Benny, though he's one of the best coaches I've had, he's also one of the best mates, so... Yeah, I think us, us as fans noticed how good the team was when he was here, and it's pretty unfortunate when he left. Um, what I was wondering, did you get an offer from him to go back to Olympic, or were you completely focused on staying here and making it into the A-League side? Uh, is this when he was released? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Benny and I had a discussion as soon as we found out, and we both decided that in the best interest of me, it would be here to stay down at an A-League club rather than try and work a trade in the NPL. And if I, if, if I went back to the NPL, it wouldn't just be focused on, on football. I'd have to be probably working or studying or doing something else where being at the Mariners in an A-League setup, it's something you can just solely focus on and give yourself the best opportunity. So it never crossed either out of my mind, but I'm sure Benny would like to have me up there. So, Joshy, I'm going to ask you a question, and I hope that you don't take it the wrong way, which I don't think you will, but have you ever been told by a coach or by anyone in the past that you were too short to be a footballer? Because it's something that we hear a lot, and then when you see someone like you play, or even Messi play, it's clear that height has no sort of an impact at the end of the day if you're a quality footballer. Have, have you have you sort of ever heard that from coaches or from technical directors or anything? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've heard it, especially because I'm a lot smaller than the small people so yeah definitely heard it a lot and a lot of the time you sort of just you sort of just try and let it go out of one ear in one ear and out the other but sometimes it does get to you especially when especially when it's people's opinion to matter are saying it but at the end of the day as long as you believe in yourself and and trust in your ability it's it's just a matter of perception to other people and I sort of don't mind it at one at some stages because it sort of gives me a bit of extra attention you don't quite remember some people, but you can easily say that's a small guy. And everyone knows who you're talking about. So can give you motivation I, I, as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It gives you that little bit of edge to try and prove people wrong, and not to flash it in their face, but just to smile. And, yeah, just to smile at them and say you, that you've achieved what they thought you couldn't, and prove them wrong. Yeah, and let your football do the talking, of course, mate. Um, Ian Riley asks. Um, how you sort of manage the the lack of match time? Do you find that frustrating, or or is it, um, you know, just a matter of biding your time? And do you think it's just a, a matter of time until you actually get a start? Yeah. So obviously everyone wants to be playing. So at times it it is a bit difficult when you're not playing or not getting as many minutes as you like. But uh, it's a part of the sport, and everyone knows that you, as long as you keep working hard and you be patient, that it is a matter of time, and that hard work doesn't gets rewarded. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm trying to look at the I'm looking at the positive and the, the challenge that it does face. Not getting minutes and trying to do my best to try and get minutes. So hopefully, with with hard work and patience, that I can edge my way to get more minutes more regularly and hopefully be a, a regular 
regular player for us. Christine Dickey says, uh, pleased to see you get uh, game time, Josh. Keep up the good work. And then Riley Joan asks, uh, your thoughts on the VAR? Oh, look, VAR has obviously been implemented to try and get rid of the, the errors. So sometimes it goes for us, sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, I think 99% of the time they get the correct decision. So... Yeah, it's it comes both ways, so I don't mind it at the minute. What did you think about the potential <coughs> handball on the weekend? Did you think it was about to be given? Which one? <laughs> True. <laughs> based on all, um, based on everything else in the season, I thought it was about to be given. Yeah, yeah. So you, when you, when it happens, you sort of get that little nervous feeling that it could be, and then the play continues and you forget about it. But then when you just you're standing there watching the replays and it's and it's all slowed down, it sort of makes it a bit more dramatic and it's. I think it's a bit easier to say it's a penalty or not when it's slow-mo. But, yeah, there was a bit of a nerves that it, it could have been given, but I'm glad it wasn't. And at the end of the day, sometimes those decisions go for you and sometimes they don't, so I'm glad it did. Finally got one. Yeah, we got one. All right, well, thank you for joining us this week, Josh. We uh, really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you, boys, for having me. And we look forward to seeing you on the field uh, more and more often. Yeah, me too. Now, your intro song is uh, It Must Be Love. Yes. By Madness. <laughs> yes. Shouldn't yeah, it, shouldn't are you be, happy with that? Shouldn't it be Tom Petty? Did you ask me that one last song? Yeah. No dramas with Do it. You, I can change it if you want. Oh, you. What's your favourite song? My favourite song, uh, Yellow Leadbetter by Pearl Jam. All right, I'll put that in. Your listeners would, would have already heard it, so there you go. Yeah. Right. Now, I asked you to come on just for an update of some stuff. And that stuff is... The win. How has it uh, improved the mood in the office? Um, yeah, look, it's uh, obviously great. You know, I think the the good part for us is there's a real um, focus around. Okay, let's let's get on with things and let's get the crowd going for the for the next Adelaide game. It's a tough one to have. Yeah, you know, Adelaide. You know, as uh, for the third time at home, really. You know, this. Um, uh, this year or this back half of the year, but um, but been the Christmas match on the 22nd, and some energy around it. That that win does give us a lot of positivity and content, um, yeah, going forward. And um, yeah, I think in the office it just does really give us a um, the ability to to not yeah panic and stress. It's just all right. We've got the plan. Let's keep going now with what we want to do. We've got a lot of Christmas specials and things coming up for that game and. You know, uh, Christmas fair, and we've got a lot of planning and those sort of bits. So it allows the guys to just keep focused on on that, rather than feeling like, oh, crap, we're we're up against it now, and we're gonna, yeah, you know, have to deal with the emails and you know complaints and and distractions that that come along with uh, with that, rather than uh, what we want to get focused on, and and that's positivity and and doing well. Updates on the stadium. Yeah, look, um, updates on the stadium. I suppose well, they've put in all the new seats now, so they're all, all the way through and. Uh, there's probably a few um, a few corporate areas that are you know we're just getting used to. There's some of the new corporate seats are uh, they're all padded and nice and soft now, but um, but they don't sort of fit the way that the previous ones did. So there's uh, there's a few minor changes in that space, but in regards to the big picture stuff with the stadium. Um, Mike Charlesworth's in town this week. We're going to catch up with council and have a few good conversations 
um, and it's really a bit of a wait and see, but we're expecting before uh, Christmas that we've got some um, some movement in in that space. So it's a little bit hard this uh, this early to to say what that'll be like, but um, but uh, we're still working very very hard on uh, on long term solutions for the stadium. And so that's sort of breaking news for this podcast, then. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm talking in riddles. I we're suppose. making the news. Yeah. So, but um, just got to wait and see. It's it's coming. Any updates around, I guess, uh, W League side potentially coming in? Yeah, look, I suppose internally we're getting really positive and we're planning for W League for next year. Um, there is um, there is still a little bit to go, but the politic is out of the way and that's what was holding us up previously. So previously the you know the, the, the politics of W League was probably the biggest barrier and um, by all accounts now that's, uh, that, that airway is clear. So we haven't gone back and formally submitted through to the A League, but we're getting prepared to do it. Uh, with a lot of confidence now under the new structure that um, that, that it'll happen. Uh, probably, if anything, it's more about understanding the commercials of W League. We won't want to go into the W League and just you know, just do it for the sake of doing it. We'll want to go in there and do it really well, have a super competitive team, have some you know, really good names and big names you know, in the W League to, uh, to get going. And so to do that, we need to make sure that it's financially sound and, and capable. Um, well, and that's sort of also focus on locals as well, 50-50 mix or...? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose that's that's definitely a big part of Dan Barrett and what he's working on at the moment. So Dan's, uh, Dan's full-time. Uh, working for us at the moment and uh, working in the academy space, you know, purely focused on the girls and also uh, coach education across the coast. So, um, so I, that that pathway is something that we've got as our um, uh, our advantage compared to any other W League team uh, because they don't have. Um, well Newcastle Jets do, I, I should say, and, and Canberra's got a little bit going on. But there's, um, but as far as academy structures go, we've, we're very confident that we've got the strongest, and so we do expect that there will be locals that'll come through uh, and uh, and bear that. There's um, a couple of our girls are still training down there with F in the uh, in the Wanderers W League and uh, doing a really good job, and and they're very very close. So within 12 months' time, we, we'd expect that they'd be um, uh, right there. That's great to hear. On with the uh, the new structure of the A League, how is that progressing? How is that uh, yeah sort of flourishing? Yeah, like we had uh, Richard Scudamore come out to the Adelaide game. Uh, Richard Scudamore, the former EPL uh, CEO, that was there and uh, was working with um, working with Greg O'Rourke on the uh, on the transition and ideas that's there. So there's still a handover process that's happening. Um, but the offices have all changed in FFA, so they've literally relocated offices and, and set up their own section, and all the staff have been uh, segregated into either FFA staff or A-League staff. Um, so there's a, there's a real clear divide now uh, in that, and operationally it makes a big difference. Um, and I've really experienced that in regards to the recent stuff around VAR and referees. It's a very different uh, process and a real positive one uh, in many aspects. So, so that's the first you know, taste of things to come. There's a lot of energy right now going into social media and the marketing um, uh, abilities and capabilities of, of the A-League. So, um, and, uh, and very quickly that'll turn into corporate and commercial um, uh, outcomes that's there. So the same issue is still there, that there's not enough money in the game. But, um, but there's a different, um, different structure now which really does allow us to, um, to express our voice and, and have, a, have a chance to have things said. Uh, whatever the topic is, previously you would run into someone at FFA who would at the end of the day end up shutting you down saying, no, nah, we're the governing body, this is how it's going to happen, deal with it. Whereas now that doesn't happen because uh, the whole structure is different. So, 
uh, everyone can um, complain to a chairman who can complain to the AFCA board who you know, comes in over the top if it's if it's need be and if it's got weight and value it'll get heard and it'll it'll get made as a change. You mentioned obviously Richard Scudamore was here over the last couple of weeks and um, and the the new breakup of the of the league. Are crowds a concern because they are down league wide and and for the Mariners as well. Yeah, look, crowds are always a concern. Um, they, uh, you know, they have been for for a couple of years as to how to turn the turn the ship around. Um, same as broadcast numbers. There was some interesting numbers that came out recently last uh, through the week around um, around the KO figures and around the Telstra figures. That um, that is probably what we know, uh, but we haven't been able to see numbers around it yet. And there's there's definitely a lot more detail to come through around actually how many people are engaging and getting involved. Um, some of the crowd figures when you look at Bank West Stadium is, is really positive, but I suppose you know there's real big challenges there at Western United. Um, and um, look, for us, I think everybody can see that team performance is going to be the biggest uh, motivator to change crowd figures. Um, so, so every different club's got their own different story, but we're all in it together now. So there is a really you know, concerted um, yeah, uh, environment where everyone uh, club to club we work together we pick up the phone how can we help get more people coming to games whereas we probably didn't really have that buy-in before um, yeah, in, in, the, in the previous structure so yeah the guys and you know the whole board from Western United come along and the CEO come along to the game where we hosted them and you know they got to share their insights and knowledge of where they're headed with their stadium which was really good for our stadium conversations so um, so that part becomes really uh, really exciting and really positive so it's sometimes hard to believe that you're actually yeah you're, you're competing you're, you're competitors <laughs> and competing on the field right because we're actually in this together it's a it's a very different feel uh, in club land at the moment when working with the other clubs with the the lower crowd figure i've noticed especially on the western stand lower that there's a lot of people missing that you know for the first 11 years have been there yeah for us specifically where the shift in trend has happened has been downgrading of membership packages yeah. so because um, our membership numbers are comparable and there's every likelihood looking at the current trend that we will um, have a record membership year but um, but there's far more six game memberships and there's far more navy members mm-hmm. um, than there has been uh, previously so a lot of uh, gold members and platinum members have gone down to Navy. And a part of that is because there hasn't been big crowds, you can get a great seat in the Navy area. So so the so the, the need to go and get yourself, you know, um, you know sit up with Aaron Morrow and have your prawn cocktails, <laughs> um, you know, probably hasn't been there as much uh, you now because there are really good seats Got him. Yeah, in Navy where it's undercover and it's sheltered and, you, and you're getting that. Um, but when the crowd swells, and we've, we actually had this week, we had a big surge in upgrades. So mm-hmm. we, I think we had 20 members that went from Navy back up to Gold. Um, and that's the trend that we want to see. Uh, at the end of the day, that will come with, with results and with bigger crowds. And all our bigger crowd matches are at the back end of the season as well. So the Sydney games and the Wanderers games, they're all still to come. Um, yeah, another derby, you know, New Year's Eve match. Have you heard any stories from me and about fans coming back that, um, you know, rusted on fans that might not have re-signed this year but now have no no i haven't had um no i haven't had that in the in the recent weeks um um but um it's been new new members coming in mm-hmm. yeah, joining yeah more so than anything or just downgraded members upgrading that's probably more the more the case what's the number uh last number i heard was 6554 uh as of monday so good. you know another, another another couple hundred to turn up um it was six seven last year wasn't it yeah yeah that's right so mm. Um, so, but you know, financially, it's it's down, um, but the total number is is there. We just yeah, 
be great if everyone all came at the one day, you know. So yeah. we'd have a we'd have a cracking. Crowd. What's the goal? Seven k. So, yeah, seven, seven's seven's the goal, and then it's probably just as much as quality than uh, anything. So more people, you know, coming to more uh, mm. games, we are within that seven is is just as important. So uh, the moment you get sort of a fifty percent membership turn up. Uh, that's there, so that makes it hard, you know. So you're sort of starting at, you know, three, three and a half. So already you, you need to find 1,500 ticket sales just to get a 5,000 crowd. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of people to decide to purchase a ticket on on a Sunday 6 p.m. game against, you know. Um, the new team. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what we're faced with. Mm. That's that's how the numbers are playing out. Uh, thank you for moving the cannon down the other end. Yeah, yeah well, you know, it was... Um, Aim it at the way bay. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was one that probably... Yeah, it didn't really work last year. We, we thought it might have been good. It was it was more about the the smoke as well. Yeah. yeah. Because by having the cannon on the other side, we can have the the pyro and the smoke. But um, and I, I'm really interested to see what Sydney FC have done with the uh, smoke up on the up on the poles. That light yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good and a real creative way to go about things uh, for them. But yeah, the cannon definitely works better on the other side. And in particular, the best part is when the other teams warming up and they don't <laughs> they don't pay attention and they shit themselves and it's great. So yeah. Oh. And I brought my uh, my son Tom for the first time yes, ever. Yes, yes, so I saw that, which is you're going to sign him up as a 100% win record. Yeah, 100% win record, clean sheet. Well, let's. He's got to get through three wins in a row because that's, three what, wins. that's what my son son had. So, so okay. the record for a <laughs> newborn is uh, is three. Yeah, wins but when in was row. that? Come on, was so that championship season or what? No, this uh, was, was fairly recent. This was he's two and a half. This was the three wins in a row. Was that the Adelaide trip? when we the with uh, with Paolo? I must have been yeah. blanked. Where the three First season with oh Paolo. Sydney we started with the horses was yeah. that right and then mm-hmm. Perth and then there was another game after that I think Wellington probably yeah I think you're right mm. we yeah. did Wellington away I think it was 4-1 and that was about this time three years ago four years ago whatever it was two three years, years ago jeez mm. I can't count <laughs> <laughs> so way too many beers between then yeah. and now any other updates on anything oh look I think the you know there's a there's a real passion around the club about about this weekend and about the Brisbane game it's been it's been eight years since we've won up there you know, so um, you know, and uh, <laughs> so yeah. glad to be making the trip. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but that's that's you know the the energy around the place is to break those stats and to to you know buck those trends. I down. saw it was this fifteen games without a win against them. Yeah, so I see that Brisbane's really proud to promote that. Mm. So well, that's done. What, that's where I saw it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was it a promoted exactly. thing? A promoted yeah. thing on Facebook? Oh, yeah. Piss off. <laughs> so anyway, for them to promote it, we'll yeah we'll use that as extra motivation. Don't so. forget the snake catcher too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take that up. We need to take snake, plastic snakes as well. hundred percent. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time to come down here. Yeah, too easy, Norwich guys. Um, yeah, a couple of cheap plugs to to get out there. Definitely uh, get on the bus down to the Sydney I've FC matches. All the pricing. Yeah, I'm going to read it out later. Oh, good, cool. Because yeah, I'm probably or before this maybe probably not really across it. But whenever you do it, get it out there. Uh, be good to see everyone. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for um, for sticking with us. Actually, one I'm interested to ask is is. So the walkout song, which has been out there, the Tom Petty one. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? How's it going? Is there a chance that anyone might actually sing it? <coughs> it's a bit hard to sing along to. I'll be honest. Yeah. Mm. It's. Uh, I don't mind it as post game. I think it works quite well. Yeah. I like it post game more than pre game. Yeah. Yeah, but only post game after a win. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. No. no think, after no. a loss as well, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, well, not backing down. If you know, if you get hit down, you got to get back up. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you could play tub of thumping. <laughs> oh no! Um, no, pass, don't do that's that. That's a hard pass, <laughs> mate. No. Yeah, I think I'm with Jimmy. Post game, definitely. Um, win, win, draw, loss. Um, Pre game, uh, I'm on the fence. I mean, it, 
I'm sitting in Morrow's seat, so I can say it has potential. It's got to finish higher than Melbourne Victory. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're above them at the moment. We're on track. Um, it ha- yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those ones that could be a ballad that actually turns into something that everyone catches on to. Um, but they have to grow organically. You can't yeah. really you can't really force that. And we've we've tried to force the issue with so many songs over the years that haven't worked. Um, maybe it's time to just stick with this one and, and see how it goes. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, our thought has always been that we'll keep trying and keep having options that are there and and wait for the team performance to kick in and bring it all to life because it's about moments right it's about you know individual games when there's big moments and those things come organically so um but hopefully we plant some seeds and who knows just yeah just that type of song with the uh strumming acoustic guitar i don't think it lends itself to singing along to it but um maybe i don't know i I, just the way it's the song's mixed Anyway, it's a good conversation. We're keen to hear feedback. Um, just like we moved to Canon, we're yeah, keen to just keep it. Now's a really good time for us as a club to hear all those little bits about how much they experience and what is working for us, what isn't working for us, and um, uh, keep um, emailing in or writing in or Mariners members, that sort of stuff. The it's unfortunate thing is is that we've, we haven't got a home game until, what, three days before Christmas 22nd now. of 22nd. December. That's so so are month. they relaying the turf? <coughs> Uh, the top soiling today, so um, so yeah, it's not a rip up relay, but it's a, okay. a re-sew and they're doing a refurb of it. Um, okay, yeah, that's there. So, uh, which which in regards to pitches, because some people will will be out there. It's um, it's a difficult time. So because we've our, our uh, regeneration here at COE has taken a lot longer than we expected. Mm. Um, so it's now six weeks in, and we were expecting it to be at two, and it's probably still got another two to go. Wow. Um, so it's um, there was a lot more winter grass and rye in there than we had expected. Um, so we've ended up training a lot more at Plume, yeah. uh, and we're probably you know we're really appreciative yeah, to CCF and Darren Sprod. Uh, we've probably extended our our welcomes there, but um, but we really need it. And now that the stadiums getting worked over there's one less pitch to train on so um so yeah things are a little bit um slim pickings in the field aspect at the moment but um but anyway we'll see how we go cool thanks guys there's something else i was gonna ask doesn't matter thank you for coming in appreciate right. it good stuff guys <laughs> thank you. To it. cheers see ya thank love you too it's my job <laughs> <laughs> The upcoming round is victory at home against Perth. Oh, battle of uh, the struggles. You, mm. you'd, you'd have to say Perth, I guess. Um, victory just haven't shown anything, victory any, at any home. signs of a win. I think victory will get a 1-0 Toivon in I, the shop again. I can't pick any of them, and because victory at home, I will sit on the fence and say draw. Yeah. Brisbane Mariners. Mariners. We're, we're winning. We have to. We're winning up there, you know. Ten beers in, and we're winning. But what are we, what we're talking about for? It's been eight years since we've beaten them up there. Yeah. Re, re, are you sure, Sean? Who knew it meant to be broken, mate? No, no, no. It's yeah, absolutely right. Hundred really? percent. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since we won up there. I feel like I've been there for every single loss up there too. Yeah. We definitely have not won up there in recent memory, but we also hadn't kept a clean sheet in recent memory until Sunday night. What so about guess what? We're doing it, boys. It's on. The Small last, steps. The last, I'm not looking at the stats, so I have no idea, but the last win I remember being there for up in Brisbane 
was when Liam Reddy was in goals for us. Yep. And I think we won... F- no, sorry. Liam Reddy was in goals for Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. And we won 4-2, I think. Macca scored a bomb. <laughs> and like, it was <laughs> it was forever ago. And I've, I don't know why I'm going up there because it's never fun, but... Whatever. Just don't bring, you don't, sauce, don't bring your sauce <laughs> bottles this time, it. mate, because uh, yeah, uh, that'll get you arrested, won't it? We don't, we don't go up for the security. games. We go up for the alcohol. That's right. And, but, but in all seriousness, though, this, this game is almost the equivalent to what the Adelaide game was. No, sorry, the City game was after the Perth game. So we've had a, mm. not a great performance on the weekend, but we've had a good win. We need to show in this game that against we can them back it up. Yeah, that they're struggling, that we have improved and that we can back it up. This is how we prove it. Mm. Yep, 100%. Uh, the next game, Jets, West Sydney. You think Wanderers have Wanderers. bounced back um, mm. from from their loss at the weekend? Wanderers have just got the cattle to to perform better, um, and I don't rate the Jets at all this year. I never never tip them, so I think I think Wanderers will do it. Wanderers, Western United, Sydney, mm. Sydney, Sydney. Yeah, jump on Sydney on this one. Adelaide, Phoenix. Adelaide. Adelaide. Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide <laughs> at home. It's a pretty darn resounding Adelaide. You know yeah. what? I reckon the last two will fuck over our chips this week. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. I might might just um, screw around and mess up my multi intentionally and see how that goes. Just <laughs> drop put, your house on Drop Wellington. Wellington and Western Sydney. Uh, West. What are they? Far South West, whatever. Tarnay, Geelong. Tarnay Geelong United. United. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week after another win see you later love you too bye